Don't let a DUI charge ruin your life. Get a professional and confidential evaluation from our experienced team at True Heights Treatment. Our evaluations are accepted by the majority of courts in the state of Illinois and provide a comprehensive assessment of your substance use patterns and potential treatment needs. Get the help you need today and start your path to a brighter future. Contact us now to schedule your evaluation at 708-248-7039 or at thtdui.com. The George Brassy Podcast is made possible with funding provided from Brassy Global Strategies, LLC, a leading political consulting, public policy, government affairs, and research firm. Are you interested in running for elected office? Need advice? Call or email George, 708-769-5015. Brassy Global Strategies 1 at gmail.com. I'm so glad to welcome Brandon Harris to the podcast. Brandon, How are you doing today, George? I'm very well, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing well myself. I'm just having a good day and uh, moving forward here with some campaign stuff. Well, it's great to have you on. Brandon, tell the audience if they didn't know who Brandon Harris is, your journey <clears throat> Illinois politics. Uh, so, uh, George, um, I had started at a young age, 16. I... Uh, Wanted to be defiant to my parents. I joined the Democratic Party for a couple of years. And um, at about 20, when I woke up and uh, Steve Balich, a Will County Republican, came in and kind of uh, pulled my head out and said, hey, kid, here's what you really need to be doing. I uh, jumped up and listened to him. And uh, we moved forward. And I started changing, you know, my thought process, who I was working with. And I got into the Republican Party. And uh, that year, I worked on a presidential campaign, as well as I got in with uh, Dave Carlson at the time, running for state's attorney. He's now a Will County judge and started my campaign, you know, life and working in politics that way. Tell the audience a little bit um, what that's like having parents who are really staunch Republicans, but you decide to be rebellious and go be a Democrat um, until your early 20s. It was a really, really, really hard Thanksgiving and Christmas every year. Um, My parents were pretty ticked at me. I, uh, did it out of defiance. I just, you know, I was so frustrated as a kid being put under rules and regulations and just not understanding things. And, you know, as, as kids were indoctrinated, my generation was the first that was heavily indoctrinated, indoctrinated with no work ethic, no real goals. You know, we were really trained in school that everything was to be handed to you. And it took me until my twenties to realize that. And it was really hard when you figure that picture out and you're talking to two hardworking parents that have small businesses and, you're a pain in the butt kid. And when I finally kind of, you know, came out and uh, Steve pulled my head out and goes, Hey bud, you got to look at the sunshine. It was really awesome to be able to go back to my family and go, yeah, I'm working for the Republican party. It was a great for me, amazing change. And it really instilled values in my life. I think your family is an example of um, why is a micro example of um, why our country is so polarized because of politics. What is your opinion about because of politics? Um, I think right now what's really happening is, and I'd say we're polarized, but I'd also say that we're being sold a a bad bag of garbage right now. And um, for me, it's coming from the left. It's massively coming from the extreme left. Um, We're we're being sold this bag of um, everything is canceled. It's cancel Mm -hmm. culture. Everything is negative. 
So um, e even as of last night, I had just heard that they're having issues with the Dr. Seuss book now. Um, I think that it's not just polarized, but our country is just being stunted with growth because we're so focused on things that do not matter. Um, in my opinion, Mr. Potato Head and Dr. Seuss matter less than our youth going to college and protecting our borders. And, you know, it coming up in a family like I did, I can understand where a lot of the youth are coming from. And this year at a lot of the rallies I had, talking to a lot of kids that were protesting against my rallies, you know, I got to understand some of their values. And we actually got to convert a couple of the kids, um, one of whom is Brandon Solkar with Freedom Movement USA, my organization. He is my youth community leader now, and uh, he just got out of AIT in the Army. When we met the young man, he was actually against us and on the opposite end. What do you think the left's values are from a person who's on the right? Um, I don't know anymore, to be honest, George. When I was a kid, I thought their values were caring for people. The good old Union Democrat policy today, it seems to be socialism, um, far left extremes, taking away rights and, you know, upping taxes. That seems to be a value set. And that seems to be the only value set I can really find when it comes to the left nowadays. You grew up in Illinois. Illinois is a pretty deep blue state. What are your thoughts on the Illinois Republican Party? I, I think the Illinois Republican Party has been far too split for far too long. Um, even just recently, like I had gotten a phone call with Chris Roper, who's running for Illinois governor. And I've uh, also talked, you know, to Darren Bailey here and there. We've got other names that are coming into the run. We've always got a lot of candidates for the same seat. We've always got our party infighting during primaries. We saw the same in the 14th last year. There was a lot of infighting in that district when we should have been working together. And we eat our young far too often. We need to focus on our youth. We need to really get to the kids. And um, again, I really feel that, you know, though I can't use the same terminology Mary Miller did because she's getting nailed for it. There was a statement she made, and uh, it was from an old world leader, and the gist of it is we need to get to the youth. And though I don't agree with the statement that was made, I do agree with the fact that we need to get our youth. We have to get to the youth. If we don't get to the young people, we're going to fall apart. I know, George, you're from the area. Um, you, you walked into Lockport Township when I was 19, 20 and started getting into the party. I was the youngest person in the room by 16, 20 years, and the next person up was my mom. My mom was uh, 20 when she had me, so... It's the youngest person by 20 years, the youngest person from her was 50 years older than her. We need to get the youth into our party. And I think we started doing that under, you know, Trump. I think Trump really got the young people riled up and we need to keep them and, you know, give them something to work towards. Why do you think the Democratic Party can have a very um, diverse and uh, long primary season, but they always end up uniting at the end, but the Republicans in Illinois, at least, and maybe nationally struggle with that. Why is that? I think um, if you've noticed the Democratic primaries, I mean, there are some that do get ugly. There's some relationships that are not mendable, but the majority of these relationships we see are mendable. One of the issues that I see us constantly walking into, George, we uh, get bloody during our primaries. Republicans are good for the fight. I mean, that's something we're always strong for. We come out and we fight, but sometimes when we take that fight to our own back door, it doesn't help us succeed. Who do you think are the, the most powerful factions within the Republican Party currently? Uh, nationally, Donald Trump. Um, locally, you've got uh, George Pearson in Will County, who's um, doing a wonderful job, and he's kicking butt. You've got Sean Morrison in Chicago, who, who's a powerhead. I just don't see what he does outside of Cook County or really outside of his own organization. Um, other than that, locally, um, if we were just talking countywide, we've got a bunch. 
statewide right now. I don't know. Um, Jeannie Ives is a pretty big powerhouse. You've got Darren Bailey is a pretty large powerhouse. Um, we've got some names here. Uh, Tom DeVore is another powerhouse, though he's not very political. He's more of an attorney using his skills for something. Uh, we've got a lot of powerhouses coming up. We've also got a lot of young influencers in the party across the country right now. Scott Presler being one of those powerhouses. Um, Brandon Straka, though, he's going through some issues. Another powerhouse, Rogan O'Hanley. We've got these kids popping up all over it. I think um, not only do we have national leadership like Trump and some local leaders that are powerhouses, but we're in a generation now where something the Democrats aren't doing that we are doing is we've got these powerhouse kids coming out on social media. Is there room in the Republican coalition for moderate and liberal Republicans in 2021? I hope so. I hope we can learn. And that's something um, I've stood heavily behind. I wouldn't call myself a liberal Republican, but there are certain things, you know, that our generation, such as legalization of marijuana, we don't want to hear about it. We don't want to fight about it. We're for legalizing it, leaving it alone. There's certain issues that I think are a generational gap, not so much a Republican Democrat gap. I think the party's slowly coming around to some of these generational issues. And if we do, I think that'll definitely leave us room for more people coming in. And what do you think the, the, disconnect is with Republicans trying to communicate to young people. To me, what I feel is the biggest disconnect is Republicans have a lot of wealth just per capita. Just, would you agree with that? Republicans are a wealthy group for the most part. Oh, how I you, definitely agree. How does, but when you're a young person, you're starting off with nothing. Uh, you're bridled with student loan debt. Um, you have a poor economy. How can the Republicans make that pitch? That's where the young people come in. And that's where, like I was saying a minute ago, you know, we've got the Scott Preslers of the world. We've got the Rogan O'Hanleys. We've got these younger people coming in. And I think that's exactly how we're going to do it. Uh, even at CPAC this year, Scott, uh, a good friend of mine, was awarded, uh, you know, the Reagan Award by CPAC. They're finally noticing these young guys. They're finally bringing in these younger speakers. For 20 years, it's been, you know, your average speaker age at CPAC is 45 plus. The last two CPACs, we've really seen them start to bring in some of these young influencers. And if we can use those influencers who are at the same position as some of our youth, I think they'll stop looking at us and going, okay, you've got everything. Why are you telling me how to do things? You don't know what you're talking about. To, okay, well, maybe this guy isn't as rich as the next guy, and he understands my issues, and he gets me. I think that's what the youth wants. They're looking for understanding. How do the Republicans, which are uh, a majority white party, stay competitive? nationally in a country that is heading towards minority majority. That is something I actually spoke on last night for a good couple of hours. I was out with Cornell Darden Jr. I went up to Chicago Heights to sit down with the black chamber president to go over these issues. And uh, as I'm planning some campaigns, we had a good discussion. And one of the things that was brought to my attention was if you've noticed over the last two cycles, again, we've had an increase in minorities in our party so much so that we um, had our first African-American panel at CPAC we had uh, the Blexit movement under Trump, and I think we are making strides that way, but we have to be inclusive of all people. Uh, we can't, you know, be the party of our noses in the air. We have to be the party of we need to include people. We need to listen. And at some point, we have to open our ears. And I think it's starting to happen in some areas, and I, I hope we continue to progress with that. Tell the audience um, a little bit about your feelings on the QAnon movement, if you have any. I don't. I avoid that topic. Um, to be honest, George, it drives me nuts. I don't. 
I'm I'm sitting here on Facebook today. I was working on uh, setting up an event that we're doing. We're doing our own Illinois CPAC on the 20th downstate. And I'm working with a couple of my guys to organize it. And I saw March 4th, President Trump's coming back in this date. Trump's coming. Trump's not coming back until 2024. He's made that clear. I think that the QAnon movement went from something to something else. And I'm not quite sure where these guys at their heads right now, but it's not in succeeding. And it's kind of frustrating to watch. It's almost like they live in an alternative reality. Oh, you're, yeah, a completely alternative reality. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, when the president tells you, hey, I'm not, I, I acknowledge that, you know, Biden won, like it or not, even though we know there's something wrong in the back end there, there's nothing we can do and the courts aren't going to look at it. We're going to plan for 2024. When the guy you're fighting for says, hey, it's time to move forward, move forward, quit sitting in the past and let's look at the future. You're a staunch Trump supporter, even after the January 6th. Is that correct? Oh, heavy, heavy Trump supporter. I I completely think that January 6th was um, nothing to do with Trump. I think that was a pre-planned staged event. I personally can't get into detail, but I got to visit over that event, as did many other organizers. And, um, you know, when you get that knock on the door and you open your door and somebody wants to talk to you and they thought you were involved and you were in a completely different city in town, it's frustrating. Because they go after people based on your party and your values. They went after Trump for a snippet of a speech where he said, clearly, we're going to go cheer on our people down there. That's exactly what he said. They twisted his words. They used it. And Nancy Pelosi and her crowd were looking for another reason, in my opinion, to impeach Trump and to try to go after him and keep him out of politics. And the fun part of it is it's not just the Democrats. It's also the establishment Republicans. We've had a good handful of them come out and go, "Okay, we can't have this guy. We can't control him. And for me, that's a huge thing. I'd love to see people in office that the government can't control. I'd love to see people in office that are there for what they say they're going to do and actually get it done. In spite of that, you feel that Trump is not done with American politics. Oh, no. He he made it very clear at CPAC. Um, You know, he he cracked a joke at one point where he said, I beat them twice. I think I'm coming back to beat him a third time. He has um, laid out his line that, hey, I'm going to run again. But I think at the same time, for a party as a whole and for the upcoming April elections and then the upcoming 22 elections, we need not focus on the election was stolen. We need to focus on putting precinct committeemen in, putting in, you know, election judges, putting people into poll watch. We need to focus on getting the volunteer base up and focus on really getting to the youth and we don't have much time to do it. If the party keeps half fractioned on, we think Trump's coming back the second Tuesday of February and the rest of us over here working, we're going to get nowhere. Do you think, do you think the establishment GOP, the Mitch McConnell's, the Lindsey Graham's, do they support Trump coming back for a, another run at the presidency? Well, that was a public, in my opinion, probably they don't want to see the guy, but the public statement made last week was very clear cut and dry. McConnell said, and uh, it was recorded on NBC and CNN, he said, hey, if he is the Republicans pick through the primary, I will back him. So they're going to have to, though I'm assuming they don't want to. Do you think Republican voters will give him another shot? Oh, yeah, at heart. Anybody with common sense after watching the first handful of days of Biden, over 50 executive orders, some of the decisions he's making, oh, yeah, I definitely think it's going to happen. Brandon, what are two books that you would recommend to the audience um, that have been influential to you as a person? Um, The Art of War and uh, Seven Habits of Successful People. Let's talk a little bit about what those two books mean to you. So, uh, and who wrote them? 
I was a kid when I got the seven habits of successful people. Uh, my mom got me the whole series. It was um, a dad and son that wrote many books. And I, I just had to write and rewrite and rewrite so many times as a kid. Every time I get in trouble, I had to rewrite paragraphs from the book and, you know, chapters of the book. And it really instilled some values into me. And then the art of war really for me was one that I didn't get until about four years ago. And it was uh, recommended by a gentleman named Jim Dodge who had ran for state treasurer after he had run me and him opened a consulting firm and had done some political consulting with another couple of guys. And he goes, kid, you got to read this book. And it teaches you to really mellow back and look at your opponent for who your opponent is and to think rather than instantly react. It, it, it basically lays out a way that you have an opportunity to actually win. And I think it's one of the most intelligent books I've ever read. I bought it on Kindle, I think about two, three, maybe four years ago for eight ninety nine. And I still refer to that book constantly and go back and flip through the chapters when I'm struggling with, you know, an uphill battle or something we've got in front of us. After living in Trump's America for four years and the tweets, do you think he read Art of War by Sun Tzu? No, I, I think I think Donald Trump is uh, I like to I like to say he's an old school businessman. He reminds me a lot of my grandfather. But he is a little overreactive. Um, we all know this as Republicans. When he was tweeting, I, I literally said, go, come on, man, what are you doing today? Just hold on. Let's get you off Twitter. And uh, Twitter, I think, was one of Donald Trump's downfalls, though it also helped build him a heavy base. That's where your QAnon folks come out of. That's where some of these people that are still living in a false reality are coming from is that Trump Twitter lifestyle. And I think the man was an amazing president. Um I don't think anybody over 60 should have access to their own social media and be in a national position. Brandon, where can the audience find you on the internet um, and learn more about your work? Uh, freedom movement or uh, fmusa.site or freedommovementusa.com. Um, I run freedom movement. That is my main base. And um, we are actually just now starting up. We're going to be doing 210 rallies here this summer. We've already got 52 of them planned. We've been working with candidates across the state. Uh, we're going to be doing America First rallies, collecting volunteers, and uh, getting them out to local parties. Brandon Harris, thanks for coming on my podcast. Thank you, George. Have a great day. Help George stay on the Chicago Heights City Council. Go and donate today at tinyurl.com slash Alderman George 2023. Begin to transform your life and work towards inner peace with expert psychotherapy. At True Heights Treatment, our experienced therapists provide personalized, compassionate care to help you overcome life's challenges and reach your goals. Whether you're struggling with depression, anxiety, relationship issues, or other mental health concerns, our team is here to support you. With a warm and welcoming in-person and virtual office atmosphere and a commitment to person-centered and evidence-based treatments, we are dedicated to helping you address your life's challenges. Contact us now to schedule your first session at 708-248-7039 or online at trueheightstx.com. Book your appointment today and start your journey towards a happier, healthier life. Need more George? Like his pages on Facebook. Friends of George Brassy PAC, Fifth Ward Business Alliance, Chicago Heights Bicycle and Pedestrian Resource Center, 
and the George Brassy Podcast. Thank you.